This is An Open Invitation, a podcast where Liana and Shiva discuss the possibilities and permutations of life today. You don't have to make your passion your life. You don't have to make your passion your job as well. Mm-hmm. You can just do something that you enjoy enough and then you can do something you love out of work as well. For the first season, we talk to the youths in Singapore and so we invite you to connect with their stories. It's something that I enjoy enough to do every day and it's something that I don't really hate so I don't dislike, I won't have to like drag myself to work. We hope that through this you might understand yourself better and even find that you share similar narratives to those around you. In this episode, we invited Cindy Sin, who is currently a personal assistant to a CEO of a company. Cindy is strikingly self-assured. What she is and where she finds herself now is the culmination of a two-year journey of self-discovery in the form of job hopping. From doing magazine sales to planning events to taking breaks for reflection and mental clarity, Cindy shares with us her perspectives on the value of job hopping. Can tell yep. us a bit, like from the beginning when you were studying and you kind of stepped into the working world with tuition and all that. Maybe mm. you can start there. Okay, sure. Yeah. So like um, when I went into my first year of university, right? So uh, it was like private uni. So I studied in like CMUOL. Then um, I was actually majoring in like international relations. And as you know, right, everyone in like university would kind of find a part-time job. Mm. And also at the same time, I had to sustain my own life. Like I had to pay for, pay for my school fees and everything. And uh, I was just asking around, like, uh, so what could I do? Or like, what do people usually do? So I think like some very common jobs are, of course, private tuition. And then mm. like, um, a lot of people who work in the F&B industry, like uh, I have a couple of friends like, working at bubble tea shops, yeah, mm. or as like service waiters, those are quite common. So I went with the tutoring path just because it paid more per hour. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And also I thought it's kind of something that suits my personality. This more like mellow down, quiet and I used to think that kids were very nice people. <laughs> You're wrong obviously. <laughs> Well, they can be very nice, but they can, you know, like angels and devils, they are basically the same thing sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so uh, I actually got my first student as a referral. Mm -hmm. Actually, in JC, I also taught for a while, but it didn't really last quite long. I think like when I first really started in JC, I wasn't very familiar with everything. So in university, um, so I would... So called my first official student, yeah. So uh was introduced to me by a JC friend actually. Then um she was actually uh someone who just moved to Singapore from China, mm. uh, looking to learn English and everything. So uh it was good. I actually stuck with her for like five years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But along the way, of course, I picked up many students as well. So at this point in time when you listen to me like teaching for five years and then you'll be thinking like wow you must have been so comfortable doing it you must be really good doing it you have so many students I mean at my peak I think I was teaching every day yeah mm. like, like on how top many of students studies. um what's your max maybe I'm I'm not very sure but I'm pretty sure there's at least 10 mm. wow yeah wow. then uh I think 
Let me think about it. Uh, I think people used to want me to travel to quite far places and then I rejected those. So actually, I don't just teach around my area, but sometimes I would travel a bit out of the way. Then I would like teach a few students on the same day. That's mm-hmm. why it sounds like a lot of students. But it's also a bit of like connections because all the parents know each other, all the students know each oh, other. There's such a network network behind like tuition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like uh, a lot of people would go through agencies, right? So mm-hmm. I would say I'm very lucky. So luck plays a very huge part in my days first job I would say yeah although it's a part-time job but it actually took up more of my time rather than studying (laughs) it feels like I'm studying part-time I'm working full-time instead yeah so it was a very enjoyable experience okay but the thing is um after a while like I think after two years plus or three years plus when I was nearing the end of my studies right and that's when everyone is starting to look for jobs Mm. so you would also be thinking that, okay, um, do I really want to do this full-time? Or is it like, more like, is it possible for me to do this full-time? Then the more you think, and the more confused you get. Somehow <laughs> it's like that, you know, like, yeah, as humans, I understand that. <laughs> you want to yeah. think and sort your mind out, but like, the more you think, the more options you have, the more you yeah. think, and then you circle back to the yeah. same yeah. Yeah, square And you think one. of pros and cons of each option. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you're like so sure, and then you start thinking, yeah. and then you're like, yeah. really suddenly just like go nowhere. Or you mm-hmm. ask one person for their opinion, then suddenly your, your idea of like, what you thought yeah. is okay, it's like, oh, is it okay now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then it becomes a Pandora's box, because then you start asking your parents, and your parents are like, uh, why would you want to change? You are so comfortable. It pays you so well. You have your own free time. And you already have the network there. You don't have anything to worry about. Are you sure you want to start from square one? Mm. Yeah. So... Actually, can I just pause? Um, yeah, sure. So, how much can a private tutor earn at their max? Uh, I... Okay, I'm... I don't know about other people, but mm. I've heard stories like... um. I only teach primary school kids, but I've heard stories from my friends like uh, when they were in JC and when they were going to a private tutor, that particular tutor can earn up to 10k a month. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Am I making a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> this is your job option right here. Literally, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But I guess there are ups and downs. Uh, it's different also because he teaches like JC level, but mm. I teach like primary school level. So, um... When I was doing it, I think at my peak, I was earning maybe 3-4k a month. Which is very, very decent, I think, for yeah. someone like our age back then. Or like so for someone yeah. actually still studying. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And like, yeah, honestly, without that amount of money, I wouldn't have been able to like, enjoy my life. So, <laughs> yeah. In a way, it's not too bad. Because mm. it covers really pretty much everything. Like your school fees and then your daily life. Mm. Daily life referring to party life as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of people, maybe they don't earn as much, but they will save a bit more. Mm. Yeah. But sometimes also, you know, as students, you don't want to lose out on the fun, right? And you know, like, at that age, people would be going out party people will be inviting you to I don't watch movies karaoke back when COVID was not a thing and then (laughs) yeah so if every week you have to spend on all of this is actually accumulates to quite a lot Mm -hmm. so I would say I had a comfortable lifestyle it wasn't something whereby like uh I couldn't hang out with my friends at all on the Mm -hmm. contrary it was like 
uh, I had to work, I had to study, I hang out with my friends, and I had no time to sleep. Right. Yeah. So, I think it's kind of funny because mm. I don't think Shiva and I are much, <laughs> much of social people. <laughs> so, I think when, when we're both listening to you, we're just like, yep. Yeah, we went to party when we yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> which, sorry, can you repeat again which uni you went to? Also, I went to SIMUOL. Okay. Yeah. So, I think, uh, I only had to take like four, I think, I had to take four to five mods a year. Oh, I can't really remember. I know I feel so old. Yeah, four <laughs> to five mods a year, right? But um, the timings are pretty fixed and you can choose like your own time slot. So mm. usually I try to squeeze into three or four days. Mm. So That's fine. Yeah, so like uh, it's very tiring. You have to wake up very early. But if you squeeze into three or four days, at least you get one day off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which you will go out. Actually, I'm wondering, uh, because you were saying how it's pretty common how um, mm. students have part-time jobs. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think it was common in my circles. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. I think, mm. I, actually, I think a lot of, I know people, most of them taught tuition, mm. but it wasn't to like the extent to like they were teaching like 10 people or something. Yeah, yeah. Usually like one or two yeah, students, yeah, I right? Agree yeah. Mm, yeah. Actually, um, that's true. I don't think I, I know anyone who has taught as much as me. Mm. I think the difference is that uh, I needed the money. Mm. Yeah. But for other people, I think it's just like they needed extra allowance. Mm. Mm. So maybe I uh, maybe what I meant was like part-time job is very common, but it's just that they didn't really rely on that solely for an income. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But in so. that case, it's interesting for you because... Mm. Um, you sort of tipped your university experience to just your working experience instead. And then it, it, it became like like a period for you to understand what you liked and what you don't like. Yes, yeah. correct. Mm. So it, because uh, also in this way, right, so mm. who I came into contact with were more of like other people outside of school. Mm. So although it's like very much just parents and kids, but because every parent and every kid is very different and they are from very different backgrounds. So I have met parents who are very like successful. Let's say they are willing to pay a lot for their students to, for my students to like come to me and like just have a lot of lessons. And even though they are good at their subjects already, it's more of like just an enrichment. But I also have met some parents who they don't earn as much, mm. but the kids are struggling, so they had to uh, engage a tutor as well. So I think it helps you to see that um, there are really many different kinds of people, and when you interact with them, you realise that a lot of people have different kinds of thinking. I think that's also something which actually helped me now, mm. because uh, if... I had only hung out with my friends, right? I think I wouldn't have known how to deal with different people now in the corporate life, in a wow. sense. Yeah. Because um, I would still say teaching is quite sheltered. You don't face so much politics. You don't face so much drama. Mm. Like, not as much as in an office. But at least it opens your world up mm. that you know how to deal with different kinds of personalities. That's really mm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think people in university especially, they do tend to get into these filter bubbles. Is yes. that what they call? They, they just like, they mm. hang out with people around their social circles and then that's enough for them, right? Again, not, not a bad thing. It's just, it just happens sometimes. Yeah. Mm. And then when you ex- get exposed to different kinds of people, you really see how diverse people can be. Mm. Okay. Now you're doing tuition at that yep. point of time. 
And then what happened? Because you were saying how um, you're, you're comfortable, you have, you're making quite a decent amount of money. Um, and then what's next for you? Hmm. I think naturally when you do something for very long, hmm. you start to lose passion. Mm. and also maybe you start to feel burnt out mm. so I think it was a combination of both for me firstly I'm actually not very sure at that point in time whether I really like teaching because I only got into it so that I could earn the money mm. so um, and then you start to ignore the fact whether you really like doing what you are doing every day or are you just doing it for the sake you are doing mm. and then secondly the burnout part comes when I was really teaching like 10 plus students seven days a week. Mm. My meals were irregular. And then um, tuition timings are different from your friends and your family's timing because it doesn't match like study hours. It doesn't match working hours. Mm. So um, it became very difficult to also find time that matches everyone. Mm. So at that point in time, and uh, that was what made me like think if, I have to do this for like the rest of my life. Okay, maybe not the rest of my life, but like... <laughs> longer you, than that. Yeah, longer <laughs> than that. When you start stepping into the working world, it's um, when it's more likely than not that you will stick in one industry mm. Yeah, for maybe 10, 20 years. And mm. as you get older, it's even harder to change. Yeah. I think at least around me, I haven't seen any adults around me that really have a so-called mid-career switch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you see these things on the news and they encourage mm. it, but if it's you are talking common. about reality, yeah, I don't think it's that common. Mm-hmm. So, that was the point where I was like, since everyone is looking for a job, right, maybe I should also try no harm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could use the time to figure out whether I really like teaching and whether I want to pursue it as something like for 10, 20 years, 30 years even, or do I want to try something else? Maybe along the way, I find something that's more interesting to me or something that I feel like I could gain more meaning out of mm-hmm. as an everyday job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like, um, let's not fool ourselves. We just have to work, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do need an income, unfortunately. Yeah, we do. Yeah, unless we, I don't know, maybe you get super lucky. And <laughs> Hit lottery. Yeah, let's try the lottery. And yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Let's dream big, right? Okay. Yeah, so. Good advice. <laughs> that was the point. And I thought, it wouldn't be so bad since everyone is also doing the job search. It will make me also feel like I'm part of the job search gang. Mm. Yeah, so I'll feel a bit less left out as well. Mm. And that was when I started just mass sending resume. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, since I didn't have other kinds of experience, right? So I started with an internship. Mm. So my very first internship was actually also through introduction of a friend. Mm. Yeah, so um, connections are very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, uh, honestly, at a point in time, internships, the pay was just like, I think, 850 or something. Wow. Usually, internships are around that pay, right? 600 to 1K. Mm. Mm. So, when in comparison, you will start to feel like, oh my god, this is very little. But uh, you have to think about it in the sense that do I want the experience? Do I want to try instead of just the pay? Mm-hmm. So I actually started to just let go of some tuition mm-hmm. because uh, the timings cannot work. Like a full-time job is a 9 to 6 job. So I had to let go of quite a few students to try this internship. Mm-hmm. 
then I think it was a good experience because I still keep in contact with some of the people I have known from the internship. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like uh, the internship really helps you to find a full-time job easier mm-hmm. because um, people will read, like when they look at your resume and then they will see in comparison to other people whether you have certain experience or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was actually in business development. So my first job was actually kind of related to my internship but in a separate industry so my first job was actually magazine sales Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um yeah uh i got into that job also through a friend's introduction wow (laughs) at this point you must be thinking how many friends do i have (laughs) (laughs) it's good to have many isn't it just like maybe the one friend (laughs) people fun but actually it's all three different friends okay mm-hmm. yeah oh sometimes it's like friends friends so it helps as well yeah sometimes yeah. you just need to ask around that's right? true that's yeah true. so sometimes yeah. you just need to really open your mouth and just try i guess but how mm. how do you actually approach this job search because mm. um do you have an idea of like what industry you wanted to go Mm. Um, what kind of things you wanted to try mm. or did you just take whatever came okay so for the very first one right which is my internship and sales job right mm. I actually picked it because I was like since I'm going to try something new mm. why don't I just let go of everything let me find something that I will at least at a point in time I would think that I would never want to do uh-huh. So, actually I'm not a very loud person oh no <laughs> yeah so like I I'm quite like um soft spoken, so as in I wouldn't really initiate conversations and stuff. But you know, like usually salespeople are more outgoing people, mm. and they are more lively. I actually like to talk to people, but I just I'm just very shy to initiate conversations. Mm. Yeah, so I thought maybe I could try and see whether this would work out. So that's how I approached my first job to choose something that's drastically different. That's from, really cool. Yeah, from yeah. what I'm used to, since it's called trying out, right? So mm. just do it, and that's how I took my approach. And actually, uh, I sent out resumes like I sent out mass resumes so that's how usually people do a job search so I went on LinkedIn I think I went on job street and then um maybe a couple more I think Gleans Gleans is like for internship as well these are the ones that I can remember so but I'm sure if you do some research there are a lot of ways to find so yeah uh, oh I also use my university like I think every uni has their own job portal yeah yeah. Mm, i also use that so i didn't really get much luck from those Mm -hmm. i heard back from some and for some interviews but really those that gave like quicker decisions and everything were the ones that my friends introduced me to Mm. Mm. yeah then after that the how i approached my other job search because when i went into sales and then i realized that i don't like it so actually, in my first job, I only stayed for four months. Mm. Uh-huh. So magazine sales is basically I have to sell the space in the magazine itself mm. so that you have enough revenue to so-called sustain the content and promote the other content. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, we also know the printing industry is a sunset industry. So mm. it was very difficult to find clients and... Um, the content was quite niche so it's actually on luxury food mm-hmm. that is very niche it is, yeah. yeah 
And after rejections, I know they say every salesman will go through like thousands of rejections. <laughs> it's like you have to knock on 99 doors, then like only one door will open for you, right? Mm. But trust me, it's um, it really sounds easy, but it's so difficult when you're the one in it. So, you know, when you're in a, when you were like studying and everything, you always read these kind of very motivational passages. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, was it like really, commission? Yes, and it's commission-based. Yeah. So basically, you have a base pay. Actually, my base pay wasn't too bad. But to be honest, in the entire four months, I have not earned any commission at all. Oh, yeah. I see, I see. Mm. So I did, like, manage to clinch some client, but I just didn't hit the KPI enough to get my commission. I see. Yeah. So, um... Also, um, you know, when you're working in the corporate world, what's very important is also your colleagues and your boss because they could be your mentors. Mm. Uh-huh. They could be your... They are your co-workers as well, right? Like, you have to face them every day. So, if, like, yeah... I mean, you don't have to be super close to them, like, to be, like, personal friends, but you need to maintain a certain relationship or know them well enough or at least... Mm, be in a good like I don't know, talking relationship mm. yeah but uh, I think in my first job my boss was um, not I would say not so compatible with me when we were like working together so it's like a different leadership style and I didn't really see her as my mentor mm. yeah so as time passed by I just felt like I was at a standstill like I wasn't learning anything mm-hmm. And I wasn't achieving anything, but I felt like I was really trying. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it came to a point whereby I had to question myself again, is this really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not learning anything, then why did I try this for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see myself doing this long term, why am I staying here for? Mm-hmm. Mm. So after answering all these questions... It was pretty clear in my head that uh, if I'm thinking about this, it just means that I have doubts and why don't I try another thing? Mm. Yeah. So people would start to think, you're only four months in the job and you want to quit. Yeah, such a strawberry generation. So typical, <laughs> you're just a millennial, right? Um, I thought of that also. Like, okay, it's very scary because people around you will always tell you different things. So when yeah. I first raised this issue to my supervisor back then, my who is my manager, and he was like, are you sure? It's so difficult to look for a job now. Uh, why don't you try looking for a job first before you quit? And he was like, uh, if you think you're not compatible with the boss, you can work with me directly instead. What do you think about that? Do you want to give it another try? Or like when I talked to my parents, and my parents were like, so you didn't uh, listen to our advice and now you want to quit again? Mm, uh-huh. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a told yeah. you so. Yeah, it's like a told you so. Oh my god. Like, uh. <laughs> and then, yeah, so it starts to mess up your world again. Mm. But, uh... Just be strong, I guess. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah. And then another thing is, um, I think also sometimes, although the friends around you may not have much experience and may be much younger than these adults who have more working experience, sometimes it's more relatable and maybe they are giving you the advice that's needed for you because I feel like sometimes generation gaps also makes it harder for, um, like, my parents to understand me because mm. in their generations 
work is really just like for your family or like you know you just need to bring the bread home Mm -hmm. but i think for our generation right um we are very lucky yeah Mm -hmm. we always get to choose what we want to learn we always get to choose what you want to try and i think at least for us our culture is more about uh you don't have to do what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least you have to try finding what you like. So I think uh, although my parents and like maybe my manager were quite against it, mm-hmm. but my friends were quite supportive. Mm-hmm. So it's also all the all the people who will tell you that um because they're also in a job search, right? So it doesn't matter. You can just do this together again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I made the decision. And this time I was a little more careful. I wouldn't say super careful, but a bit more careful. Mm. So at least there's one more thing that I strike off my list. And um, I didn't really mess send out resumes this time. Mm. I, I look at the job scope and then um, if something that I really think I want to do or that really matches me, mm. then I would go for it. Yeah. So sometimes too extreme isn't good. So if you know <laughs> that it's not for you, just yeah, maybe you want to give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. So that was what I learned from my first job while searching for my second job. Can I ask you a question? <clears throat> so the thing is, I feel like you had a lot of thoughts mm. about um, your your feelings towards this job. Do you have someone to guide you to think about what kind of things you're looking for in a job? Or was it just your internal thoughts? Yeah, so it was a lot of my internal thoughts, unfortunately. Like, mm, actually looking back, I would have wanted someone who could have given me clearer directions rather than just um, things like uh, it's only four months, maybe you should stay longer to find mm-hmm. out. Maybe mm-hmm. I think it could have been nice if there was a person who had more experience and more mature who mm-hmm. could have guided me throughout the process like objectively not subjectively yeah. because um as a hiring manager when someone tells you she wants to quit obviously you won't tell the person to quit mm. so it's also maybe a bit subjective because um my manager wouldn't have told me to quit yeah so i would say wasn't very strong mentor and on the parent side it's like um my parents they probably stuck to their same job scope for Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't give the advice or like to skip, um, to like jump from one industry to another or like to job hop. Yeah. To them, it's like you just need to be stable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was very subjective as well. But there wasn't really any avenue for me to find someone mm-hmm. who was objective enough and maybe someone I trusted enough mm-hmm. yeah, that could relate or give me advice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Because I really like the way you phrased the ideas, um, all your concerns, you know, because you were saying, um, do I see myself in this job in the future? Is mm. it worth it to stay? I think just thinking about these things does not come naturally to a lot of people. Yeah. So I think this is a good way to maybe encourage people to think about their jobs as well. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think with a lot of people, they are like, they they think more about like they think more practically. Mm. So they're like, mm. I'm earning money now. Like, do I wanna like take the risk of like not having a job and mm. stuff like that for a while? Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So maybe um I don't know why I have so many questions, but I guess I'm I'm naturally like a more curious person, and I do like to think a lot. So maybe these questions would 
come to me. And uh, I think some questions are not just from me. Some of these questions actually arose when like I was talking to my friends who were in the same, um, I wouldn't say situation because my friends were less of like confused about what they want, but more of like uh, concerned whether they could get a job. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. But more or less, you know, you have questions here, questions there, and then you will start to have all these that you think that, oh, these are really the things that I need to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And another thing is maybe in the beginning, I kept thinking about what is my passion or what do I like to do. Mm. I think this is also a question for a lot of people. Yes, definitely. I have to say, unfortunately, I don't think so everyone, like, I don't think 100% of the people have a strong passion in just one thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can like a lot of things. So over time, I've learned to ask myself, uh, what do I not like instead? Like, what do I dislike? Or what do I have a strong hate for? So I don't want to get into that. Rather than just say, what do I have a passion for? Because I feel like you don't have to make your passion your life. You don't have to make your passion your job as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can just do something that you enjoy enough and then you can do something you love out of work as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so sometimes because people go for the endless search for the passion and maybe this is what stops mm. them from finding the so-called the most suitable or best job for them because in their heads, there's always an ideal but we always know like we cannot reach the ideal, then it will make you feel even worse about yourself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do think that there's this pressure to do what you love in life, you know, these days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then and look for that one passion that drives you because that's going to be your life and you're going to love your life if you find your passion. Yeah. But <clears throat> that's a really, really big dream. And I think, I, think I, I agree with you that it may not be true for everyone. Mm. Yeah. I also feel like nowadays a lot of people have like oh they have like a hobby maybe that they're passionate in and then they try to make it their job mm. and then they lose the passion in it yeah and that's just so sad like you don't have to make everything work yeah sometimes yeah. it's just for yourself mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. there are just too many ideas in the world and we would be so tired I tell you we will die of exhaustion <laughs> just trying to <laughs> fulfill the ideals yeah. yeah I think in the beginning I was really lost and really sad because of this but over time I'm just like it's fine I still have so many things I like to do I don't need to just have one thing I love mm. and I can do this many things out of my work I can enjoy them with my friends so yeah I think that helped me a lot yeah mm. hmm. yeah and so um, from my first job to my second job the job search was more mm, I would say the search itself was more narrow and then more precise because now I have like uh, options that I don't want mm-hmm. that I threw out of the window so uh, my third job was actually my second job was actually in events planning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when I looked at the job scope I thought it would be something that I want to do because it involves like uh, interaction with people it's more hands-on like I'm a person who doesn't really like to sit down the whole day like I need to move around and stuff yeah so I went for the interview and then I joined the company this was actually a job that I really enjoyed quite a lot because I felt it was something very close to my personality like I like to plan parties I like to invite people over I like to hang out right so it's kind of doing the same thing except it's in a professional setting and 
much larger. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to organize things now for hundreds of people. Like, my largest event was 2,000 people. Wow. <laughs> what kind of event yeah. was that? So, it was actually a family day event. Oh, okay. Um, so, it was actually uh, in Jurong. So, uh, we worked with... Uh, I forgot what the organization was called. Yeah, but we worked with, like, one of the government agencies. And then we just invited, like, the neighborhood residents and their families to come and join us in the event mm-hmm. and usually those are like outdoor events right yes correct yeah. makes it harder i think yeah <laughs> but i would say that um no event is easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like uh you know even planning your own party maybe something can go wrong like your cake could have been destroyed while coming but <laughs> cake still cake <laughs> 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 Yeah, but it's different when it becomes um like large scale and professional. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect example of like what you like now becomes what stresses you out. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So now everything has to be so precise and everything like that you're planning for, if there's just like one small mistake, it could like affect every other segment of your mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. So uh <laughs> As much as I like it, I think the stress got to me after some time because it's also an industry whereby you have to be so-called 24-7 on standby. Like, maybe you're not working 24-7, but you do have to kind of be 24-7 on standby because Mm. a lot of events happen over the weekends, over public holidays, and a lot of things are, like, last-minute... let's say, mistakes or faults, right? That could come out really last minute and you have to solve the situation. There are a lot of problems that can arise in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the printer spoiled or something when you outsource things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like, let's say your MC fell sick. I haven't really met that yet, but I guess that could be a situation. Yeah. Like if your MC fell sick, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So at this point in time, it became like, oh, you have to handle so many things and you have to work such long hours. And whatever you like now just really seems not so important anymore mm. mm-hmm. because you start to feel um, burnout again. Yeah. And like this time it's like a bit more like physically burnout. You start to fall sick and everything. And um, you could see people around you burn out as well. Mm. Like the whole team, because it was a small team. Uh, it was actually a startup. Mm. So it was a very small team and everyone had to take on like multiple roles. I think that made it extra difficult. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, everyone was very young. So they were like around our age range. There wasn't anyone like older than I think maybe 27, 28 years old. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. yeah. yeah. So nobody like super experienced in the industry. Uh, except the bosses. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But the people who I work with every day, like my team itself, like yeah, are all very young. Mm. Didn't have much experience, maybe like two, three years max. Mm. And I was like totally new into it. So um, the good thing, the fun thing is everyone was learning together. Mm. And uh, it's okay to make mistakes because then everyone is also making mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, the bad thing was the long hours, the burnout and um, not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> the long hours. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, um, like not knowing who to turn to when you needed help. Mm. Or like who could be experienced enough to help you? Because sometimes you have questions like, oh my god, this happened. Um, do you know how to solve this? Do you know what happened the last time and how did we solve this? But your colleague will just be like, 
I don't think we met this situation before. <laughs> or like, uh, not so right, sure, shall right, we Google? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of things are like testing your problem-solving skills and like super urgent kind of thing. Yeah. So after a while, it just got really tiring. And uh, also, I also invested in my job that I neglected everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I went home usually like only in the middle of the night. I will mm-hmm. still continue working like... Sometimes my mom will come into my room in the middle of the night when she wakes up to go to the toilet, right? Mm. Then she's like, what are you doing? Why are you not sleeping? <laughs> mm. yeah. So I didn't get to see my parents much. like So we didn't get to talk much. And I also couldn't really hang out with my friends much at that point. So now it became like uh, on this scale, everything is tipped to one side. Like only mm. work. It's like nothing else out of work. So work, sleep. Work, sleep. Mm. So... A uh, wake up call was when everyone said that you can't do this anymore. You're going to lose everyone <laughs> around you. And most importantly, you're going to lose your health. So I think what really struck me the most, like um, most hurtful, although it sounds super superficial, is like when my friend said, you really look 10 years older right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last straw. Yeah, that's the last straw. Yeah. Like, out of everything, I'm, like, I still can tolerate, but like, um, you're telling me I look 10 years older. It's too, too early for that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, it's just kidding, but also it's reflecting something about your health and everything, yeah. right? Because yeah. um, if you really look 10 years older, what if maybe inside somewhere you're aging 10 years older? You never know also. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe I could be a little more slow paced because I don't think uh, I'm only going to live until 30 or 40. I have a lot of time to slowly build this up. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I decided to switch to another job. Mm-hmm. So I actually left this job without finding another job first because mm-hmm. I decided to take a break. I was very, very tired. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I left the job. I actually went to Malaysia for like a short holiday and to visit my mom's relatives and then stayed there for maybe like, I think three weeks to a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it really helped me to relax. And then a lot of things now I don't have to think about. I had a lot of time to myself. Yeah. Yep. And then um, this is when I started thinking again, like what's going to be my next job? Mm. <laughs> yeah so at a point in time then I started to list out things okay like job scope like pay like culture mm. and like maybe like your working hours mm. so out of like all these different things what really matters most important to me or oh, and also of course like passion like would I want to do something I love but forgo everything else mm. or would I want to just do something for the pay and forgo everything else or do I want to maybe pick two out of these? Maybe I don't need all. I just mm. need two. Mm. Yeah. I don't... Personally, I don't think having only one is feasible. Mm. Because after a while, it just makes you feel very tired. Like, mm. exhaustion is really the key here. Like, you will mentally feel very exhausted. Physically feel exhausted. Mm. Yeah. So, you have to maybe choose two or three out of your own list to see what are really the things you want. And then from there, you would want to find a job that could give you what you want. Mm -hmm. But also, I know it's very difficult because when you go for interviews, only the positive side is shown to you because um, it's natural, right? Like, you always only want to show the nicest side of yourself to others and that's how companies market themselves. They would not really show you... um, maybe, let's say, what's the downside or maybe if they tell you, like, what could be the downside, 
it sometimes may be not as bad as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so only when you really start the job, then you will realize that some things are not what you expect. So you also have to prepare yourself for that. To know that uh, what you sign up for may not be what's true. So take everything with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so um, with all of these, like after the previous two job searches, I went on to look for my third job, which is the job that I'm currently in. Mm. Yeah. So I'm quite proud to say that at least now I've completed one year. Oh, <laughs> wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so what are you working as right now? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually working to a PA, uh, working as a PA to the regional like founder and CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. So uh, unlike the previous job, which was a startup, this is more of like a SME, I would say. Mm-hmm. So where systems are more structured and where... There's a lot more colleagues to work with as well. Mm-hmm. So um, the culture is also... Uh, but the culture is not as strict as larger companies. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really have to wear formal wear or like mm-hmm. um, high, where there's a very strict hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Over here, it's more casual, but it's still... Like there's, there's just a casual structure to it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of companies are trying to go towards... These, these days as well mm-hmm. because they try to emulate like Google you know <laughs> like Shopee like yeah. Yeah. yeah so where you could still have fun where you're working mm-hmm. so I've actually recently heard this phrase called work-life integration okay yeah so I think maybe some companies are trying to do that especially now that everyone is like working from home as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. yeah so I think at least personally to me like culture plays a huge part so mm-hmm. one of the reason why like I have stayed in this job, although I would have to say, like, I like events a lot, right? Maybe Mm. this current one, as compared to maybe events, this is not really my passion. Mm. And it's not, like, the one thing that I love. Mm -hmm. But it's something that I enjoy enough to do every day. And Mm. it's something that I don't really hate, so I don't dislike. I won't have to, like drag myself to work mm-hmm. like the first job like sales mm-hmm. was something I felt like I have to drag myself to work mm-hmm. yeah and um, people also matter a lot so with a combination of a few factors I think that I'm in an okay place now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like uh, yeah so that's actually my journey on my job search so I just hope that I would I can still continue to learn things here and yeah. um I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would maybe who knows, like maybe at some point there might be there might be me like reaching a standstill again, which mm-hmm. could happen. Maybe there's just like this amount of things that I can learn. Like if you finish primary school, you have to go to secondary school, right? So mm-hmm. maybe if I finish learning everything I want here or I just see nothing else, I might have to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but at least for now, I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, now that you've described to us like your your journey of going from one job to the other job, right? Mm. What about looking at it um, at hindsight? Do you? Mm. I feel like one of the important things you gave yourself was really time to think about things. Yeah. Because I think you're right in a sense where people sometimes rush from one job to the other job without mm-hmm. taking that break in between yeah. or maybe just giving themselves some time to think about okay, what is it about this previous job that I'm not liking so much of? What yep. kind of job do I want to look... Uh, what, what kind of jobs do I want to look for? Mm. Um, and were you conscious about giving yourself this time to think? Or was it just that 
you were so confused that you need you needed that that time to think? Mm, I would say I was quite conscious about mm. this. Okay, so um how I actually started this journey was also by giving myself a timeline. Yeah. So what I promised to myself was I would give myself two years to go on this search to find if I enjoyed something other than teaching. Mm-hmm. And if maybe at the end of these two years, whatever, if I enjoyed teaching the most, then I would go back to teaching. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this uh, timeline helps to give me... Um, better frame mm. yeah to work with if i didn't have this timeline right i might have an endless search mm. yeah so it's the same thing again like chasing the ideal goal that could maybe not exist and yeah. i wouldn't ever know mm. so i think having this boundary and to stick to it is what helps me to not be afraid also mm-hmm. so i would say don't be afraid to lose time mm. uh especially maybe uh, it's more applicable to our age because we have like so long ahead of us, right? But I would say even for people who are 30, 40 years old, just don't be afraid to lose time. Mm. If you look on an average lifespan, two years out of 70 years is nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's really nothing. Mm. It's okay. And I also feel like you are never too old, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can still start now even if you are like five years into a job or ten years into a job. Mm. And then um another thing about having time and having space is to have your me time. Mm. It has to be mm. quality me time. Mm. Yeah. So we are so used to having everyone around you just yapping about different viewpoints mm-hmm. and yes we do need opinions but just remember that mm, before taking other people's opinions please have your own standpoint first mm-hmm. yeah maybe you want some time to think first so you already list down like what you already are firm on and what are the points that are not so sure on then mm-hmm. based on these points that you are not so sure on these are the things that you need advice on and you can ask other people mm-hmm. and then after this have some time again to yourself Mm. Which points do you agree with or which do you not? Because after all, it's your own life, right? It's mm. not like other people's life. And you don't always have to agree with others' viewpoints. Yeah. yeah. It could be sometimes they are giving you a wake-up call. But sometimes, mm, what works for them may not work for you. Yeah. 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 And then... um. During this time that you set for yourself, could be two years, could be five years, mm. could be maybe if you are like in a rush to be stable, could be even six months. But no matter how long it is, right? Just remember that it's okay to be selfish. Just give yourself this time. Mm. Your time belongs to you only. It doesn't belong to anyone else. Mm. Mm. So don't forget to give yourself space. Don't forget to breathe. That's very important as well. Mm. And always like take care of your health. I mm. think once you're sick, it's a lot of... um. I would say lost time as well. Mm. Mm. And it's very easy to cycle back into the unhealthy cycle. Like if you are not active, if you don't exercise, if you don't eat properly, Mm. if you mess up your sleep cycle. Like when I'm talking about being healthy, I'm not really talking about like getting a fever or what, but a lot of these small little things that are your habits in life that could help you, that could make you lose a lot of time. Like, Mm. if you don't sleep well, you constantly feel tired. If you constantly feel tired, you will never be in the right state of mind to think about what you want to do. Mm. Mm. So, um, that's the idea of giving yourself time and space from Mm. me. 
I love yeah. that. I, I actually really like the way you put um put out this idea that it's okay to lose time. Because I think right now people always look for extra time. Yeah. You know, mm. we we want to have extra time to sleep, we want to have extra time to do work. Um, but we we are so afraid of losing time. Um and, and I like the thought that, you know what, it's it's okay. You know, what's the rush? Um yeah, what other points do you feel like you resonate with, Jiva? I mean, I think that's the main thing. I told you this like on a different recording, but one thing that really bothers me a lot is that people think that they need to be successful in their 20s. Mm. They need to like find success, they need to be rich, they need to like, retire in their 30s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All these, that's, like, that's a that's been sold now. Yeah, yeah. so, and, but people find success 30s, 40s, 50s, but even then, mm-hmm. you don't have to be successful. Yeah. You just have to be happy for yourself. Mm. You just need to know what you want for yourself. Mm. And I think that's like the bottom line for yeah. me. Yeah. I, mm. I also like the, the idea that, okay, we, we need opinions, but make sure you know yourself first. Because mm. if not, you're going to be swayed everywhere. You yeah. know, and you will never know what you mm. want because someone else's opinion will always be more important than yours. Mm. Yeah, I think giving yourself time will also make you understand yourself more. You know, what do you want? What What's important to you? Um, yeah, I think ev- everyone should just spend some time thinking about that to just have like a strong base of yourself. You yeah, know? and it's going to be something that's not just going to be helpful to your work, but like maybe in every aspect of your life, yeah, yeah. your relationship with your family, your friendships, mm-hmm. or like, uh, I mean, yeah, and also even to yourself, like how you want to live your everyday life, that's yeah. very important. Yeah. Mm. So much wisdom. <laughs> We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of An Open Invitation. Join us next week for another episode. You can find us on AOIPodSG on Instagram or Twitter. That is AOIPODSG. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. If you or anyone you know has a story to share, reach out to us at AOIPodcast at gmail.com. That is A-O-I-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com.